Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in another special episode of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube shows. We continue our countdown of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA. And today's episode, I can't believe we're already here. We get to the top 10. Also on today's episode, as we do players 12, 11, and 10, we include the inspiration for this project, which I started years and years ago. He's actually the first one up. We'll get to him in just a moment. And all three of these guys have a claim that they were on the single greatest team in NBA history. In fact, I think the two greatest teams in NBA history were comprised of these three players, plus, you know, obviously some others, one notable player who we just had in the rankings. But we will, that will make sense when we are done. And you're going to be like, really? The two greatest teams ever? We can discuss that maybe at the very end. But number 12, the inspiration for this project, you could argue the most underrated player in the history of professional basketball. Number 12, Moses Malone. So why is Moses Malone the inspiration for the project? It's because upon researching him, I was like, why is he not discussed as one of the greatest players ever? He's won three league MVPs. Full list of guys with more. Kareem, Michael, LeBron, Wilt, Russell. That's it. It's the same number of MVPs as Magic and Bird. He has two other top four MVP finishes, by the way. He was four-time first-team All-NBA, four-time second-team All-NBA, two-time All-Defense, a six-time uh, rebounding champ, a career average of 20 and 12. And during his eight-year peak, where he won the three MVPs, over eight seasons, he averaged 26 and 14 night in, night out. He has the most rebounds of the last 50 years, third most rebounds all time, and he's top 10 all time in points. He's not remembered as fondly for reasons I can't quite figure out, and we'll talk about his amazing playoff success and some really good playoff success against one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who might show up number one on this list when we finally get there. He was a, tr a trendsetter, never played college ball, went right from high school to the ABA. It, but the reason I think he doesn't get the long-term respect is because at the end of his career, he bounced around the league so much. In fact, and before we get to the playoff stuff, true story about Moses Malone in relation to me. 
I was about eight years old. So this is early 90s. Moses is still playing. And I'm in the back of my dad's car looking through my basketball cards because I used to have a giant collection of basketball cards. And I come across a Moses Malone, I think it was Atlanta Hawks card. And the way my dad tells the story is I just start crying. And he's like, what is wrong? And I said, I'm just worried. He's like, what are you worried about? I was like, I'm worried that when I make the NBA, I'm going to get traded all the time like this Moses Malone guy. That's true story. Little did I know that while Moses Malone was traded quite a bit, uh, he was one of the greatest players in league history from the late 70s to the mid 80s. So let's go through the playoff stuff. And yes, at eight years old, I did think I was going to make the NBA. I didn't really give up the ghost on that till about 11 years old. Okay, postseason accomplishments. One-time champ, two-time finalist, and a finals MVP. And that one-time champ, I think it's, it's not I think, I know it's one of the two best teams ever. The 83 Sixers and the 2017 Warriors are the two greatest teams ever. He was the finals MVP for that team. But let's start with 1975. He's 19 years old and averages 23 and 18 in the first playoff series of his life. He's 19, including a 30 and 30 game, a 30.30 rebound game. 1977, he's to the NBA. He has a 31 and 26 in his first series ever against Elvin Hayes and Wes Unseld. He averages 20 and 17 for the series in round two against Dr. J, who would eventually team up with more on him in a moment. He has a 30 and 25 game from 1979 until 1985. So that's a six season stretch. He averages 26 and 15 in the playoffs. 1979, first round exit. 1980, let's go. 37 and 20 to close out the Spurs in round one. He's swept by Boston in round two, a Celtics team that was an excellent, obviously excellent Celtics team. Didn't win the title, but a great Celtics team. Averages 25 and 11 against those Celtics in that series. 1981, and this is where he doesn't get his respect. They beat the defending champion Lakers. He averages 31 and 18 against Kareem. This is Kareem. You could argue, is he still at his peak? I don't know. He had just won league MVP a year prior. He averages 31 and 18, including a 38.23 rebound game in game one. The next round, he beats the Spurs in seven games. George Gervin go home, averaging 28 and 12, including a 41 and 15 in game three, and then beats the Kansas City Kings in the Western Conference Finals. What is, how does he beat them? It's 2-2. What happens in games five and six? He has a 42-23, and 23, followed by a 36-11 and 11 to get to the finals. He was the best player in those finals against Boston, but they lose to Boston in six. He averages 22-16, and 16, leads the series, leads Bird, leads the series in points per game and rebounds per game. That's 1981. 1982, he loses in round one to Seattle despite averaging 24-17 and 17 and goes to Philly. So what happens in Philly? That's the faux, faux, faux year. Moses Malone predicted they would not lose a playoff game. They'd go faux, faux, faux. Instead, they went faux, five, faux for the playoffs. 1983, first playoff game with Philadelphia. 38 points, 17 rebounds, four assists. Averages 31 and 16 for a sweep against the Knicks. Then next round against Milwaukee. 
averages 22 and 14, and to make the finals, had a 28 and 17 to close them out. And then in the finals, again outplaying Kareem Abdul Jabbar with a championship on the line, outplays Kareem, averaging 26 and 18, leading the series in points and rebounds again. The next year, he's out in round one, but averages 21 and 14. 1985, back in the conference finals, loses to Boston, a great Celtics team, averaged 2011 for the playoff for the that entire playoff run. 1987, he's with Washington now. You're playing the great Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. Had 31 and 16 in the only game that was close. They got swept. 1988. Again, now you're old. Moses came into the league in 1975. It's now 1988. Playing Detroit again. Averages 18-11 for the series. 1989, he's playing for the Hawks. Averages 21 and 12 for the playoffs. So Moses Malone, top 10 all-time in points. Top three all-time in rebounds. The only guys with more MVPs are LeBron, Michael, Kareem, Wilt, and Russell. Arguably the best player, or certainly the finals MVP, on arguably the best team ever. The 12th greatest player of the last 50 years won Moses Malone. Now I'm excited for a caller who undoubtedly never watched a single Moses Malone game to tell me why I'm wrong. Let's see who it is. And take that, Mike Florio. Oh, hello, Nick. Uh, Caught up with your latest ranking, Moses Malone. Moses Malone ahead of Giannis and KD. Wow. I'm all for schooling up the youngs. Nick, this one's a bit hard to claim. Uh, From what I can tell watching on YouTube, because that's the only place I've ever seen Moses Malone, he was great at offensive rebounding, but usually just cleaning up his own misses. Not sure that's actually greatness, uh, but you have him ahead of two of the best players I've ever seen in my life. Guys who just scored instead of missing to get their own rebounds and score um i feel like you're reaching here i feel like you're trying to you know make a statement to the young people and i feel like you missed moses malone way too high on this ranking okay Giannis or kd could pass moses malone Giannis would have passed him if Giannis had gotten to the finals or won the title this year kd maybe could have passed him if he got into the finals or won the title this year instead of losing in round one but the three mvps has to matter The longevity has to matter. The idea that he was just cleaning up his own misses, 50% from the field for his career, Gabe. Look that up, buddy. And so, no, I'm very, he is the inspiration for this list. He was, if we, let me say one more thing about Moses Malone. If you were to ask me who were the greatest players in the league, the guy to hold the belt between the, basically the start of the league We'll call it Russell's rookie year because we're not talking Mike and, and, and Bob Pettit. From Russell's rookie year until right now, at most, 13 guys have held that title. Best player in the league. Moses is one of those guys. It was Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain going back and forth. Then it was Kareem for a decade. Who took it from Kareem? Bill Russell. Who took it from Bill Russell? I'm sorry, geez, I said that wrong. Who took it from Kareem? Moses Malone. Who took it from Moses? Larry Bird. Then Magic. Then Michael. Then Akeem. Then Michael again. Then Shaq. Then Duncan. Then there's some arguments. Some would say after Duncan was Kobe. I would say after Duncan and LeBron, but let's give it to Kobe. Then Kobe. Then LeBron. Then Giannis. That's the full list of people to be the best player alive. Moses is on that list. 
He's the 12th best player of the last 50 years. We'll be right back with 10 and 11. Oh boy. These are fluid rankings as we sit here today. We'll do that next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. Like, rate, subscribe, review as we continue our special editions of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. We are Today, we got into the top 12. Let's just keep it moving. Number 11. Julius Irving. So Dr. J, what must be included is what he did in the ABA. He is four-time first-team All-ABA, one-time second-team All-ABA, then goes to the NBA, five-time first-team All-NBA, two-time second-team All-NBA. So NBA and ABA is combined, nine-time first-team, three-time second-team. What about MVPs? He won the ABA MVP three times. He won NBA MVP once and then was top five in MVP voting five other times. So think about what that means for Dr. J when we're discussing it. He had a decade where no matter what league he was in, he was either the best guy or a top five guy. His his MVP award like voting goes as follows from ABA to the NBA. Second, first, 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 then comes to the NBA. 5th, 10th, 2nd, 1st, 3rd, 5th, 6th. So from 1972 to 1984, with one exception, his second year in the NBA, he's top six in MVP voting every single year. He wins four of them. He finishes second two other times. Like, that's who he was. And it wasn't just that he was this great regular season player where he's a three-time ABA scoring champion. In the playoffs, He's unbelievable. So he's a two-time ABA champion, two-time ABA playoff MVP. And then when he came to the NBA, yes, he was a champion on the team we talked about, arguably the greatest team ever, the 83 Sixers. But he also made three other finals. So after dominating the ABA for his half-decade playing there, he comes to the NBA, and his first seven years in the NBA, he makes the finals four times. Wins a title, is the best player on three finalists. So let's go through it. 1972. And Demonze sits here during these ranker shows, but doesn't chime in. 
The Dr. J stuff, Demonze, is going to blow your mind. Because I know you've seen some of the highlights. 1972, he's 22 years old. His first playoff series ever. He averages 38 and 19. A 22-year-old in his first playoff series, how would I average 38 points, 19 rebounds? Including a 53.14 rebound game. Round two, he's playing Rick Barry in the ABA. Averages 31 and 21 in a seven-game series, but they lose in seven. 1973, he's 23 years old. He averages 30 and nine, but he loses in round one. He does have a 40 and 10 game. 1974, he's 24 years old. He goes 12 and two in the playoffs and route to his first championship. To get to the finals, averages 30 and nine. In the finals, first finals game ever, he's 24 years old. So the same age Jason Tatum is right now. He has a 47 and 10 in his first finals game ever. For the finals, he averages 28 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, one steal per game. That's Dr. J in the ABA at 24. 1975, they lose in round one, despite the fact that he scores 30 four separate times. 1976, to get back to the finals in a seven-game series, averages 32 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. Game one of the finals, throws up a 45-12-4. and Game two of the finals, throws up a 48-14-8. Four of the finals, averages 38 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. He's now won two championships. So now in the ABA, he's won three MVPs, two titles, two. They don't have finals MVPs in the ABA. They have uh, just playoff MVPs, won that twice. So he's like, okay, maybe I should go over to the NBA, try my luck there. First playoff game ever in the NBA, 36 points, 10 rebounds, five assists against the defending champion Celtics, who they, the Philadelphia 76ers, went and beat. 34-9-6 against Moses, who we just talked about, to get to the finals. First year in the NBA, in the finals. In the finals. Tied 2-2 against Bill Walton and that Blazers team. In game five, 37 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. They lose by like five. Game six, facing elimination. 40 points, six rebounds, eight assists. They lose by two. But he gets he gets dinged because they were up 2-0. They lost four straight. He averaged 30 points, seven rebounds, five assists for those finals. 1978-1979, back-to-back first round or he, where he can't get out of the East. He averages in those two years, averages in the playoffs, 24 points, nine rebounds, five assists, including in the probably the, the best moment of George Gervin's career, a game seven where Gervin beat Dr. J. He scores at Dr. J at 34, 5, and 8 in the Game 7 loss to Gervin. 1980, he's back in the finals. Outplays Larry Bird, whose name we haven't heard yet on this list, in the Eastern Conference Finals, averaging 25, 8, and 4. Tied 2-2 in the finals against the 1980 Lakers. Kareem, Magic, that team, Norm Nixon if you want him. Dr. J has 36 points, nine rebounds, six assists, but they lose. Kareem is too much in that game with 40 and 15. And then game six is the famous game. Kareem's out with an injury. Magic jumps center. Magic has one of the greatest games ever. And the Lakers win. So now he's been to the finals twice in the NBA, lost in both. 1981, playing the, that great Milwaukee team that we talked about earlier. Game seven against Milwaukee, second round of the playoffs. 20, or I guess the back then this was the first round, but it's to get to the conference finals. 
28.7 rebounds, three assists, six blocks in a game seven to get to the conference finals. Go up 3-1 on the Celtics. They blow the 3-1 lead. They lost games five, six, and seven by two points, two points, one point. That Celtic team would go on to win the title. He'd have won that title. You cannot convince me otherwise. He wouldn't have won that title. They're up 3-1. They lose those three games by a combined five points. Instead, Bird goes on to win the title. 1982. Okay, let's just go back to the finals again. Where Dr. J was to be in the finals. He outplays Bird. Or I'm sorry. In 1982, gets back to the finals against defending champion Boston. I believe he outplays Bird to get to the finals. 29 points in a game seven. 29 points, four rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks to beat the Celtics, the defending champs, to get back to the finals. In the finals, you're playing the Lakers again. And again, Kareem's too much. Magic's too much. But he averages 25 points, eight rebounds. And in game six, the final game of that series, 30 points, eight rebounds, three assists, five blocks. But they lose. 1983, they add Moses. Moses, who's had success against Kareem. They finally have some help, as we talked about earlier. They lose one game the entire playoffs. They sweep the Lakers who've been beating them. He averages for the play or for the finals 19 points, nine rebounds, five assists, one steal, three blocks. That's Dr. J. So the idea that Dr. J is, you know, one of the greats, but not one of the greatest, I reject it out of hand. You can't dismiss what he did in the ABA. And let's get to a Dr. J caller. I specifically requested we get Chris Broussard for Dr. J because he can discuss why the ABA stuff is really impressive. Let's listen to Broussard. Love the love you've given the doctor, Dr. J. Julius Irving. A few years ago, Nick, I started saying that Dr. J has three titles instead of just one. He won one in the NBA, but he won two in the ABA. And obviously, if he had three rings, people would hold him in even higher esteem than they already do. But here's why I value the ABA rings as much as the NBA rings. Because the ABA was just as good as the NBA. At least half of the best players in the world were in the ABA, half were in the NBA. And the two leagues used to play exhibition games. And the ABA won more than the NBA. They won 79 to 76 in total games. But then during the last three years of the league, they actually won about 66% of the games against the NBA. So if we value the NBA titles of that era, and we do, the Knicks won their two titles during that era. Uh, Jerry West won his one title during that era. Wilt's title, one of his second title came during that era. We should value the ABA rings just as much as we do in the NBA rings. So it's good to see the doctor getting so much love. Uh, three rings. For Dr. J. That's exactly right. I couldn't say it any better. Nine-time first team, all ABA or NBA. Three rings, four MVPs if you're counting the ABA MVPs. And now all of a sudden he has nine times he was top five MVP, winning it four times, four other times, five other times he's been top five. We went through the resume. It is, it's not unimpeachable, but it is damn near bulletproof. There's Dr. J. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $20 on the Steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back in. It is What's Right with Nick Wright. Special episode, special editions. You might say, was that a special wardrobe change? So here's the deal. Spoiler alert for what's about to be revealed in about 30 seconds. The 10th greatest player of the last 50 years is Wardell Stephen Curry. What you are about to see, I recorded right before these finals started, the finals that Steph just won his fourth ring. So all of this information still applies. I'm going to let you guys see what we were saying about Steph right before these finals. Then I'm going to be back in this exact outfit talking momentarily about the finals that just happened, which cemented him ahead of Julius Irving and as the 10th best player of the last 50 years. But, I mean, he was top 12 even without this ring, as you're going to see from what he had already accomplished that we talked about last week, but you guys are seeing right now. Number 10, Steph Curry. So Steph Curry, four-time first-team All-NBA, three-time second-team All-NBA, one-time third-team All-NBA, Got to be honest, I would have, before I looked it up, I would have thought he had more than four first-team All-NBAs. I'm a little surprised. Four is great, but as far as other guys on this list, it's a little less than you would expect. What about his MVPs? We know it. He's a two-time MVP, including the first-ever unanimous MVP in 2016, even though LeBron should have been unanimous in 2013. He got 99 of the 100 votes. I'm not still bitter. He has two other MVP top fives. He's a two-time scoring champion. He's a one-time steals champion. He was the best player on the greatest regular season team ever. He is a 50-40-90 guy and damn near a 50-40-90 career guy. 47-43-91 for his career. So then with Steph, the question is playoffs. And the answer is he has been really good in the playoffs. But as of now, he's a six-time finalist. And as of recording, he's a three-time champion. He was the best player on four finals teams. He was, well, yeah, he was the best player on four finals teams. You could argue three finals teams. What are you going to do with 2019? Who's you going to say is the best player? Durant was probably the best player during the season, but then he got hurt in the playoffs. We, he was the best player on one champion and the second best player on two other champions. Now, I, you might say, hold on, Nick. You have Steph ranked ahead of Durant. How are you saying that Durant was the best player? Because when they played together in those finals, Durant was the best. However, Steph, his totality of his body of work means he has had the better career. Let's talk about Steph's playoff stuff because I think it's misrepresented on both sides. I think folks that act like Steph has not been great in the playoffs are lying. And folks that act like, actually, Steph's been better in the finals than in the regular season, that's obviously a lie. Okay, 2013, first playoff series ever. He has a 30 and 13. And he has a 44 and 11 in double overtime against the Spurs to start round two. I believe that was his greatest playoff game. That's unfair. It wasn't his greatest playoff game ever, but that was the welcome to the to superstardom Steph Curry moment when everyone had to take notice. 2014, they lose in seven against the Clippers in round one. He averages 23 and eight for the series including a 33.5 rebound, nine assists, three steal game in game seven. So that's a game seven against Chris Paul, Steph's second year in the playoffs, and he has a 33-5, nine and three in game seven. 2015, 
sweep of Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Averages 34-5-7 and and had his second career 40-point playoff game. In round two, he has a 32-10 and to close out Memphis. You remember that series? That series, Memphis was up 2-1. That was actually a little bit of, you know, a tumult for the Warriors. They figured it out in games four, five, and six. Steph closed them out with 32-10. and In the conference finals against Houston, averages 31 points, five rebounds, six assists. And then in those finals, what everybody remembers is Delhi giving him trouble, LeBron's masterpieces in games one, two, and three. What should not be forgotten is this. Game four of those finals, I believe to be Steph Curry's finest playoff moment. He had 30, or game five, pardon me, not game four. He had 37, seven, and four in the key game. Game five of those finals to go up 3-2 on Cleveland. Delhi had since been to the hospital getting IVs. He was so tired from running around chasing Steph. That was, that was a great team, but because Clay doesn't dribble, and Draymond was a better offensive player then than he is now, but everybody knew you had to stop Steph. He still dropped 37 to go up 3-2 uh, on the Cavs in those finals. He did average in those finals 26 points per game. Now, I believe LeBron was MVP of those finals, but it is criminal that in the official NBA record books, Steph Curry got zero finals MVP votes. It was seven for Andre Iguodala, four for LeBron, zero for Steph. If you weren't going to vote for LeBron, not voting for Steph there is crazy, especially how he finished it. Okay, so now they're the champions. Then in 2016, he is as good of a regular season as any player's ever had. His team wins 73 games. He wins the scoring title. He wins a unanimous MVP. He then gets hurt right before the playoffs, comes or right at the beginning of the playoffs, comes back and has 40 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, including a record that I don't know if will ever be broken, 17 points in overtime. He had a 17-point overtime period in his first game back against uh, Dame and CJ in Portland. That was the famous I'm back game. It was kind of a little weird because then after that, Warriors fans were like, oh, Steph's hurt when he didn't play great in the finals. But he had 17 in an overtime. After, then, this is key. One of the reasons he's ahead of Durant in these rankings. They're down 3-1 to OKC. Games 5, 6, and 7. He averages 33-7-8, and eight, including in Game 7, another huge Game 7, 36 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. Then... The first four against Cleveland, he, he plays well. He plays unbelievably in game four, 38 points, five rebounds, six assists to go up 3-1 on the Cavs. But then we know what happened. LeBron and Kyrie had dual masterpieces in game five. LeBron had a singular masterpiece in game six. And then Steph had the worst playoff game of his life in game seven. He had that, that, listen, that's got to be part of the story. He was, I think, 6 for 19. I can pull it up real quick. I think it was 6 for 19. We all remember the behind-the-back pass uh, out of bounds. Earlier in the series, his you know, his wife accuses the league of being r- rigged for ratings or money. He throws his mouthpiece at a fan. The, the whole thing's ugly. So that was tough for him. But then, to his credit, he recognizes the Warriors can't beat LeBron as presently constituted. Not a healthy Cavs team. He gets Kevin Durant to come join him. And then they have, you could argue, I said it earlier, the two greatest teams ever, the 83 Sixers and the 2017 Warriors. Why? 
They were both championship caliber teams that had been to multiple finals and then added an in-their-prime league MVP. The Sixers added Moses. The Warriors added Durant. If people are like, oh, how, you know, who was, how, how good were the 96 Bulls? Well, what if the 97 Bulls added Akeem Olajuwon? Then they'd be the greatest team ever. That's essentially what the Warriors did. They only did that because Steph allowed them to do it. 2017, they're just sweeping their way through the playoffs, it looks like. And to close out Portland, Steph has 37, 7, and 8. Averages 35 and 7 for the series. Game one of the Western Conference Finals has another 40 piece. Averages 32, 6, and 5 for the series as they swept the entire West. Averages 27, 8, and 9 in the finals. So that's important. Those were probably Steph's best finals. He averaged 27, 8, and 9. The problem is Durant averaged like 35. So it was clear Durant was finals MVP. For the playoff run, he averaged 28, 6, and 7. 2018, Western Conference Finals. This is key. These are, again, clutch moments facing adversity. They're down 3-2 to Houston. He has 29, 5, and 6. And then in Game 7, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 steals to get to his fourth straight finals. Could have been the finals MVP at 37 in the final game of those finals and averaged 28, 6, and 7 for the finals. But KD got it mostly because he hit that big shot over LeBron for the second straight year. 2019, he has a 38, 15, and 7. 15 rebounds. Steph, underrated rebounder for his size. 38, 15, and 7 to start the playoffs and then an iconic game against Houston. Durant's already gone down. If you just look at the box score, you say, oh, game six, six against Houston. Steph had 33 points. He had zero in the first half, and he had 33 in the second half to beat James Harden, send them home, beat them in Houston. Swept Portland without Durant in the conference finals, averaging 37-8-7. and seven. Game three of the 2019 finals, tied one game apiece. Durant's not back yet. Steph had 47-8-7, and seven, but the Warriors lost by double digits in that game. Averaged 31-5-6, and six, not on great efficiency, but still 31-5-6 and six for the finals. They obviously... You know, losing six, Durant comes back. The one, it, what also hurt Steph there is they had two wins there. One of the two was when Durant came back, had 11 points in a quarter, and then popped his Achilles. But at that point, he has five finals. He has three rings. Then he misses a playoffs back-to-back years, and now this year he's back in the finals. So that's why he is where he is, without question, one of the 12 greatest players of the last 50 years, one Stephen Curry. Let's get to a Steph Curry caller or callers if we can, please. What's up, Nick? How you doing? Melissa Rowland here, national NBA reporter for Fox Sports. I have a question for you. Steph Curry obviously completely changed the game. He revolutionized the sport. He made it possible for players to shoot from anywhere on the court. He made it so that NBA teams had to change their rosters. He made it so that players had to change their games. Did you consider putting him higher on your list just for the mere fact that Steph Curry changed NBA basketball as we know it? Hey Nick, it's Pablo, host of ESPN Daily, Debatable, from around the horn, PTI, all that stuff. I'm just here to automatically reject wherever you rank Steph Curry. Uh, And I truly mean automatically, because asking you to rank Steph is kind of like asking Kanye to assess where Pete Davidson ranks on a list of all-time funniest comedians. And I don't mean to compare Pete Davidson and Steph at all. One guy affected the way millions upon millions of people approach and conceive of the game of basketball. He's the greatest shooter of all time, blah, 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 blah. Though Pete Davidson also pretty good shoot your shotter, as it were. but simply because he's taken away so much of what you love, right? Like whether it's your credibility, via the Andrew Wiggins stuff, or all the titles that you wanted for LeBron, it's just impossible for you to assess him. 
Um, and so for that reason, I am out. Okay, well, I appreciate Pablo, I think, not even looking at where I have Steph ranked before saying that he would have him ranked higher. I would just challenge anyone to, again, I don't want to reveal the rest of the list, but you guys know that nine names, ten names that haven't been discussed yet. You know, we haven't, you, you got him ahead of Shaq? You have him ahead of Larry Bird? Do you have him ahead of Kobe Bryant, Akeem Olajuwon, the guys who are going to be coming up in future episodes? Like, is that, do you? I don't think you do. And as far as, do I give Steph extra legacy credit for how he changed the game? I do not. I If we're ranking the greatest baseball players ever, how do you fit, do you have Jackie Robinson number one? Maybe, maybe the most important athlete ever, but it's not better than Babe Ruth. Those are separate discussions. In a similar way, yes, Steph Curry changed the game, but that to me, if I'm talking about how impactful you were, how great you were. I can't give you legacy points on that. I think I haven't ranked quite fairly. I reject nearly everything Pablo said, except for the long list of jobs he currently has that he does, you know, at a halfway decent level. We'll be right back. All right, and now I'm back to the day after Steph Curry won his fourth title to talk about these finals because we weren't able to talk about it during the bulk of that Steph Curry segment because we recorded it right when the finals started. So Steph going into these finals was right neck and neck with Dr. J for 11 or 10. And what pushed him over the top was the two kind of odd omissions from his resume. He got them both accomplished. One, obviously, a clear, conclusive, no doubt about it, finals MVP. I know some people argue, and I'm one of them, he deserved it over Iguodala in 15. But some of us who argue that think that was really a fight for second place because LeBron should have won it. There hadn't yet been a finals in his career where he was unquestionably the best guy on either team. This finals, there is no doubt about it. Additionally, he also hadn't yet had the transcendent, all-time memorable finals game. He had some very good finals games, but the, the most points he ever had scored in a finals game came in a loss, as we discussed. The 37 against Cleveland in game five in 2015 is a great game, but I don't know how many people really remember it. People are going to remember game four. Down to one against Boston, who had seemingly taken control of the series. He has 43 points, 10 rebounds, an out-of-this-world shooting experience to quiet TD Garden to get the Warriors back in control of the series. And then while he wasn't great in game five, Game six, he was sensational again, 34-7-7, and rebounding from the first playoff game of his life where he didn't hit a three by making five of his first six threes, hitting six overall, winning a unanimous finals MVP. So four rings and the architect in the heartbeat of the best dynasty since Jordan's Bulls. This ring cements the Warriors, in my opinion, six trips to the finals in eight years, four rings in eight years, Better than the Spurs dynasty. The Spurs won five rings, went to six finals, but they did it from 99 to 14, so over 15 years. Better than the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, who went to four finals, won three rings in a five-year stretch. This is better than that. So he's the architect of the best dynasty of his era. He has four rings. He has two league MVPs, as we discussed. He's the greatest shooter ever. He's one of the greatest teammates ever. And now, finally, his resume has no blank marks. 
He's checked off every box you would want to check as a player. It's why he is in the top 10 of the 50 best players of the last 50 years. Next week, we will get to players eight and nine, a couple of big men, and the order and who they are might surprise you. Hey, thanks for watching. Smash or just lightly tap that subscribe button. It all works the same. To get more from the show, and make sure you click. Why do you want to mash the bell too, guys? Or just, you know, lightly tap the bell to get notified every time new content drops. Check out full episodes of What's Right wherever you get your podcasts or just hit the link in the description below.